And today we have a big program uh, because there's big things happening. We've got um, robo-debt inquiry and we've got the continuing fallout from the PricewaterhouseCoopers scandal. And uh, we've sort of got two experts in here. We've got Deb, who's been doing a lot on robo-debt um, over the past few months. And we'll be doing a huge amount next week uh, in next week's program uh, but we thought because it's so timely, we would do a bit of a teaser here yeah. um, for, for next week, Deb. <laughs> and Mike, you're going to follow up on the PricewaterhouseCoopers scandal. Yeah. And the, the thing is that they are so related. There are so many similarities between the two scandals that uh, we thought it'd be good to bring them together in this program and just get an overview of the kind of shenanigans that have been going on in government over the last decade or so. Yeah, and they're sort of linked, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there are. Yeah. There are some really close connections. Yes, yeah. So, Deb, you were going to... Um, you just found out something today. Do you want to... Um, or, first of all, do you want to tell us about what you're going to be I'll, doing I'll maybe talk about what we're going to do mm-hmm. next week and then maybe after the weather and that we can get into... Because you want to talk a bit about algorithms and... That sort of thing today, don't you? Well, yes, just the robo part of robo death. Yes, yeah. So, because there's a lot of misconceptions about that. Yep. Yeah. So next week, what I want to look at next week is um, the way people on um, Centrelink payments were shamed and mm. even the people who are on Centrelink, how they internalised that shame and how that really enabled this whole um, system to happen. Um, really? Uh, but it's also p- people waking up and saying, "Hang on, you know, I'm, in t- you know, this is wrong. I shouldn't feel ashamed of this." So I, I do want to sort of look at that that cultural thing that we have that um, people who need help uh, are at fault somehow for needing help. So, so I want to look at that victims, blaming the victims mm. and th- how. Um, how the RoboDebt Royal Commission actually responded to that. So what suggestions they've made for improving um, the public service and the way the public service treats citizens, mm. etc. So so that's what I want to look into next week. Right. Yeah. 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 So well, uh, well, let's start with the robo side of RoboDebt then. Um, many people, it, it's being represented as a kind of, artificial intelligence sort of well, not actually run by artificial intelligence but as an example as a kind of cautionary tale of artificial intelligence but really it's automated decision making it's not it's not artificial intelligence no. that might be something in the future I'll, I'll start off by saying it's data matching yeah data matching is not robo dead but robo dead is an abuse of data matching uh-huh. So data matching, it was data matching between the Australian Tax Office and the de- and um, Department mm. of Human Services. I think they're called Services Australia now. So I, sh- I should say I, I used to work for them. I haven't worked for them for about six years now. So my knowledge might be a little bit out of date. But when I did work for them um, some years ago, I, I was involved in the data matching program and I did raise debts. There's a lot of difference between the way that worked and the way RoboDebt worked. Data matching was done under the Data Matching Act, which was actually written in 1990. Uh So um, there are some conservative people trying to shift blame onto the Labor Party 
by saying that Bill Shorten and Tanya Plibersek created it in a few years ago, 2011, I think it was, 2010. What they did was they actually um, they created uh, a data matching project which um, identified people through the tax office who already had existing debts. Ah. Right, so they were debts that had already been legally raised and they were people that... Um, that it was hard to recover the money from, so they had no repayment arrangement, um, and it allowed for garnishing of tax refunds. Yeah. So that was the shortened plebiscit contribution to data matching. Right. So the the difference robo debt was um, taking doing a data match again between tax office and um, Services Australia. Uh, records, but getting people to say yes, so firstly put the onus on the person to prove what their income was, where before the onus was on the government to prove that someone had done the wrong thing or yeah. the right thing. Yeah. Um, it removed, uh, before before RoboDebt, um, a person working for Centrelink would look at the record and see if the person had already provided that information. So yeah. they would look at the historical record. RoboDebt didn't do any of that. Right. Um, <clears throat> it also averaged the payment out over a year. And um, with social with the income from working, it actually affects payments in the fortnight that the work is done, mm. not when it's paid mm. and not averaged out over a year. So someone who um, has casual work might have a lot of income this fortnight and not be entitled to anything, but next fortnight they might not have any income, mm. so they'd be entitled to the full payment. If you average it out over a whole year, it's saying people were overpaid in a fortnight that they weren't. Yes. And possibly underpaid in a fortnight when again when they weren't. So mm. it's totally inaccurate. Um, yeah, so that was a couple of the things that were that were wrong with Yeah, uh, it was also also retrospective, right? Yes, uh, yeah. the the statute of limitations was I think six years. So if a file hadn't been reviewed within six years, uh, Centrelink couldn't go back and actually do anything. Mm -hmm. um, the the government changed that legislation, and one of the recommendations in the Robo Debt Royal Commission is to change it back so that there's a statute of limitations on. on what did the government change it to? Any kind of statute I'd, of limitations? I'd, I'd, yeah, that's. Wow. I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Um, and the other problem with it was that. Um, even though the tax office data, the employer would put in dates that the person worked, but most employers just put in the whole financial year. They'd say that yeah, the person worked from the 1st of July right. to the 30th of June, that's when right. they might have only worked for one month or two months. Yeah. Employers very rarely actually put the correct dates on, so the, it was quite possible for the average to be over the wrong period of time as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, so, so full of mistakes and Full of mistakes. But um, but the like the sort of take out what, what I'm hearing is that for big change, uh, sort of culturally, ethically, and also legally, um, is the first one is that everyone's guilty. Like if you're a new star, yes. you are automatically what happened to innocent, In, until proven, proven guilty. guilty. 
that's and, gone out the yeah, window. And that's one of the things I want to cover next week oh, is right. that okay, this yeah. assumption yes. that people are doing the wrong yes. thing. And yeah. I have to say, when I was raising debts, out of all the debts I raised, I only ever, um, only ever one of those debts ever went to prosecution. Right. Yeah. Most of them were just honest mistakes Stakes. because yeah. it's a complicated system and it's very easy to get wrong. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And then I guess the other thing um, is it's being retrospective. Isn't there legally some issue with King uh, Plans retrospective? It, it, I think it's generally considered to be unfair mm. yep. to make uh, a law retrospective and catch people who, at the time they were doing something, thought it was lawful, and now they're going to go back in time and f- say... We got you. Yeah, that's so that's. Right. I think generally people would agree yeah. with that. That's a pretty valid principle. Yeah, of not, yeah. not having retrospective. It's laws. changing the goalposts. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so with the automation, the automated decision making, one of the um, criticisms of it has been that it auto, it can automatically install bias in a system. And that it's been shown that it does. Well, that goes for any computer system and any algorithm. It's been shown, for example, that um, facial recognition technology doesn't recognise black faces. Yeah. Could the um, automated decision-making used in the data-matching robo-debt scandal, could that have also had bias within it? Well, the bias came within the way the system was set up to start with. Oh, okay. It wasn't the, the... The programming only did what the people told it to do. Yeah, yeah. So that's where the, the bias came in there. And you were talking earlier about a contractor that... Yes. ..that, that began this or set up the system? Or no, no, was well, he, was, he was a tester. Oh, so, he was a tester, yeah. Um, I don't know if they still do it. When I worked there, when they did a software update, they would actually get staff to go and test the... Um, test the new software before it re- was released and and it would be just like I have done it just people that worked in the local office so with RoboDebt they also needed the customers to test it because they're also, they were also going to be users of mm-hmm. it um, the the example I found which was in the RoboDebt Royal Commission was of a contractor he was contracted to test it he wrote a report that said this bit's okay, but it shouldn't go ahead because this. Um, we say we haven't tested enough customer scenarios of complex cases, uh-huh. so it works okay with the few simple cases that we've tested, but it doesn't work. We don't know if it works with the more complex scenarios that could um, it could face in the real world. <coughs> um, that report would have delayed the release, the timing of the release. Well, do you, can you remember when that report was done? Um, I can look it up on my iPad here if you... <coughs> Just while Deb's doing that, you're listening to Rights, Warts and Rants. It's 4.20 at the moment and the sh- uh, show is focusing on RoboDebt, the two inquiries, RoboDebt and PricewaterhouseCoopers, as a general reflection of what has been going on in governance in the last decade or so and problems therein. And this sort of reminded me of the PwC um, yeah. problems where if pe- people... 
consultants are basically paid to tell people what they want to hear. Yeah, yeah. And it was a bit of a problem with the public service as well. Um, they were telling the government what they wanted to hear and not exactly what they needed to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, in... On the 8th of June 2016, a contractor who was working as a test manager in the Enterprise Testing Branch produced a report summarising the outcome of the system integration testing that had been undertaken for the systems underlying the OCI project. That's online compliance something. Um, The testing team's recommendation was negative for release to the next stage. The test manager's view was that certain components within the system had been tested and worked well, completely in isolation, and there was a considerable level of confidence in some of the components that had been tested. However, the report concluded that despite that level of confidence, more in-depth and complex customer scenarios had not been undertaken at this stage. It was recommended that further robust, vigorous testing and analysis of more complex customer scenarios be undertaken for this task to provide a more reliable, dependable level of Confidence. So the person that received that report questioned um, why it, it conflicted with the recommendation to go ahead with it, and the response he got in an email was, for some context, we were having issues with the contractor's approach to testing within this project, the accuracy and timeliness of his daily reporting. As a, as a result, his contract was ended with effect on the 8th of June. So that's where I could see the link with mm. the PWC stuff. Of, you better tell us what we want to hear. Yeah. Or you, yeah. there goes your contract. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> and and I mean th- this happened with PWC all the time, didn't it, Mike? Well, it it happens. Uh, that that's one of the areas we covered a couple of weeks ago. Mm. Is in the audit area, mm. where and it, it was just not with PWC. It was uh, universal amongst the big four that uh, when they get a big contract to audit a, a major company, it's worth a lot of money. And uh, there's a reluctance, if they find something wrong, to report on that. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's from the um, contractor's point of view. This this was... Here, I think the public servants knew it was wrong and saw it was wrong. Yes. And, and, and failed to report, uh, to report up the line. Because they didn't want to delay the... Release of the next step of the yeah. the, the software. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Th- there's an interesting um, uh, area here. In there's a guy called uh, Terry Carney, who's now an associate professor at Sydney University Law School. Terry Carney was uh, on the Administrative Appeals Tribunal for um, many years, and he he made five decisions yes. where he ruled that the robo debt. Uh, um, process was illegal, and that was back in two thousand. Again, back in two thousand and seventeen, and and the Commonwealth lawyers decided not to appeal Carney's decision. And the problem was in the the AAT, the decisions are not published. Sorry, AAT. So the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. Oh, yeah, I yeah. beg your pardon. Yeah. yeah. So they're not they're not published. Mm. So the world at large didn't know that. Uh, ju- uh, judges in the Administrative Appeals Tribunal were ruling against it. I think Carney t- ruled five times against it. Um, so 
the the Commonwealth lawyers decided not to appeal because they had advice they were going to lose, and and it would come out that the, the, the robot it was wrong, and that's back in two thousand and seventeen. And the, and the other thing that happened was that when um, Carney's contract came up for renewal, it wasn't renewed. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, he lost his he lost job. His job. And he'd been on the Administrative Appeals Tribunal for something like 20 years and a really well-respected um, lawyer, great lawyer. Yeah, yeah. So um, um, so this is a pattern, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's interesting the way that um, both Dutton and Morrison have responded to the inquiry in terms of not apologising. No. Yeah, of... Uh, and and Morrison also representing RoboDebt as this kind of technology that sort of they had no control over. They had lots of control over it. They had lots of control, yeah. yeah. And in fact, you know, like I think you, you were talking about how um, there has been, you know, like in the inquiry that's come out about RoboDebt, there's been recommendations about automated decision-making. Yep. But you were saying before that there are instances where automated decision-making like the sort of thing that went on with RoboDebt, um, uh, can be made, can be delegated to, say, the Secretary so there of is, the Department. <clears throat> there is the Social Security Administration Act of 1999, it's Section 6A, does allow, and it's been there for a long time, it's, yeah. not, it's not something not, yeah, new, yeah. it allows the, so the Secretary may arrange for the use under the Secretary's control of computer programs for any purpose for which the Secretary or any other officer may make decisions under Social Security law. Right. So the way the department works is the Secretary's like the boss and they can and like any boss, they can delegate work to other people. They can say, you know, you go do this, you go do that. So when um, when someone in a you know call centre or a face-to-face Centrelink office makes a decision, they're making it because the the secretary has delegated the power to make that decision to somebody working to that person. Right. Right. So what this um, section of the Administration Act is saying is that the Secretary can delegate the power to make certain decisions to a computer. Right. It's oh. not all decisions. It's um, and the same. You know, a person in a Social Security office can't make all. For example, even though I had experience in raising debts, when my job changed to just serving people at the front counter, I no longer had the delegation to make a decision about a debt. Right. If I if I came across a debt, I could make a recommendation, and somebody else had to approve it because they had the delegation. Right. So, so computers do have the delegation to make some decisions. Um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It's it's like robot. It's yeah. the way it's set up. Yeah. So there might be some very black and white things in the Social Security Act, like, um, like. Are you entitled to an age pension? If you're a certain age, you're an Australian citizen um, or, or permanent resident. Qualifications like that, it's either yes or no. Yeah, yeah. And if you meet those, then that's something a computer could handle. Yeah, yeah. But if it's something like if you put in a claim and there's some judgment needed about whether you're in a marriage-like relationship or not, yeah, that's something where a, a person should be making that right. decision. Yeah. Well, like where it's not a black and white thing, it's there's a lot yeah. of grey areas in the Social Security Act that need a person's judgment, right? Yeah. And that's the worry where AI 
it hasn't come in that I know of. Yeah. But that's maybe an area where it could come into in the future. Yeah. And, and just just um, does the secretary report directly to the minister, or when who's what's the line in? So in other words, does the buck stop with the secretary, or does it? I don't know actually. Oh, right. I just, I'm just wondering. Like, if they ever made me the secretary, I would have known. With yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's an annual report. You can go on the on the yeah. Services Australia website. There's an annual report that you can look at, and um, uh, it, it does cover robo deal a little. Or you know, yeah, debt raising and compliance and um, call centre wait times that sort of thing. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Good, um, because that was one of the things, wasn't it, Mike? That there was a sort of the buck didn't stop, or the buck stopped before, like, minister, with PwC, ministers were able to say, I didn't know anything about that, you know, because I wasn't given that information, or... Yeah, yeah. well, information was held back. Yes. Um, they just didn't know. There was no way they could know, because ATO or Finance or Treasury never told anybody, because they thought it was, they thought it was illegal. That, that's what the inquiry... That's what they're looking into now. The there were these restrictions on, right. on privacy and secrecy provisions. I think there was 280 little separate bits of legislation and ATO and Finance and um, Treasury all got their own in-house legal advice. One of them got advice also from the uh, Solicitor-General that said, no, you can't tell anybody about this suspected misbehaviour. Mm. Of, of, of Colin so it's stuck there but I think where the Senate inquiry is going to go is um, uh, and one of the senators already asking questions well was really was the ATO and, and uh, finance really cozying up who were they in bed with yeah. were they in bed with, yeah. with PwC yeah. um, or uh, were they really being independent Mm. Yeah, and um, exercising their independent judgment. I think that's yeah. what's going to be looked at as the inquiry unfolds. Yeah, over the I, next few weeks. And I mean, there is a kind of a link here in that PwC did that report for on RoboDebt, right? And it was how many drafts? There was a huge number of drafts. Yeah, thirty-six drafts or something. And then it was rejected in the end because they didn't like what it said. Mm. Well, that, yeah. that was the, the um, what was her name, uh, Campbell. Catherine Campbell. Catherine yeah. Campbell actually directed the PwC partner not to publish. Oh, right, OK. Right. That's uh, not to publish it. Um, and uh, he went ahead and just did an, an eight-page PowerPoint presentation. That's right. To the, Minister Tudge. Yes. That covered all of the issues. So, yes, yeah, yeah. So the, the partner was actually directed not to do that. He did all the work, apparently. Yes, yeah. But also the report, the, the, the report itself seemed to uh, have disappeared into the ether. No one could... Yeah, there were yeah. copy There were copies of drafts and whatever. It, um, no one seemed to know where it went or who actually made the decision not to go ahead. But the, the Royal Commission found it, the, the fault lay at the feet of Catherine Campbell, who was the secretary... Right. Of the yep. department. Yeah, right. she was my boss when I worked there. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, and 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 in and another thing that came out in that royal commission was that the Department of Social Services was blaming the Department of Human Services, and the, the they and the minister was saying, "Oh no, I didn't know that was the 
Yeah, that was, you know, yeah. DHS didn't tell me yeah. and DHS is saying, well, DSS didn't tell us and DSS, well, DHS didn't. And so there was this buck passing yeah. all the way through it. And But an, another interesting... There was an article came out the other day and I'm, I'm not saying whether I agree with it or not, but it, it, it put forward the notion that freedom of information laws might actually be what's stopping public servants from putting things in writing. Yeah. Yes, because they're worried that if something gets released under freedom of information, it's yes. um, so they they do things verbally rather than um, putting it down in in on a hard and, copy anywhere. Mm, or, yeah, mm. and part of that PwC re- missing report, um, I think the Royal Commission have found that um, there, there were no rec- decisions. Were, some decisions were made not to release the port report, yep. but it was never put in writing. Yeah, and, and it uh, was never documented why that decision was made. Yeah. Right, 